0: Let's go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a joke, people. I'm just joking. Um, my name is Joe Davis. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, by the way, pray for Pastor Daryl Davis. He is moving today, and that's never fun. I mean, that's straight from the bowels of hell, right there. Moving, is it not? <laughs> It is bad stuff. Before we get started, I want to make sure you know a couple of things. When we do the Lord's Table later, if you are one of those gluten-free people, we have gluten f- not that that was a derogatory comment. I'm sorry if you were offended. We have gluten-free stuff in the back uh, for you there to participate in the Lord's Table that we do later. And those little empty cups, see them? Don't throw them in the offering baskets, okay? Just keep them on the table or put them in your pocket. I'm kidding about the pocket. You don't have to put them in your pocket. Come on. Uh, one more thing. I was, just, I was just approached by someone a few minutes ago. Uh, we have several Grace Life Facebook pages. We have Grace Life students, Grace Life kids, Grace Life recovery, and Grace Life Church of Sarasota. They told me today that between now and Easter, for every like that we get on those pages, they will donate a dollar to Grace Life. So if you guys can help us get that out there, that'd be great. Okay. You can only like, don't like, don't make like 12 different profiles, though, and like them, okay? Just your profile, then tell friends and like them. Grace Life Recovery, Grace Life Kids, Grace Life Students, and Grace Life Sarasota. Those are our, and that's turning into a really good way to communicate with people. All right, so we're going to continue our series, uh, Jesus in Genesis. This is week eight, where we take pictures of Jesus through the stories that are in the book of Genesis. This week, I've titled the message, Weak Links and God's Grace. Let me just read the passage to you, okay? Genesis 18, 9 to 15. And they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in years uh, to the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. In other words, she couldn't have any more kids. So Sarah laughed. Sarah laughed. Let me see, make sure I got that. Okay, yeah. So Sarah laughed at herself, saying, After I am worn out, my uh, my Lord, I'm old. And now shall I have this pleasure of having a kid? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh. I did not laugh, because you know, she was afraid. And God said, no, you did laugh. I record everything. <laughs> See, here's the podcast. I got it. You laughed right there. So God whips out the nice you know, Android phone, not iPhone, because he's a, you know. All right. So... <laughs> All right, look at this. This is great. And the Lord visited Sarah as he said he would. And the Lord said, and and the Lord did to Sarah as he promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Remember when she laughed at the idea that she would have a child? Everyone who hears will laugh over me. She said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a child? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And the name Isaac means laughter. And so it was a reminder every time that God had fulfilled his promise to her, even though she said, there's no way you can keep this promise. I am too weak. I am too old. I am not good enough. I am not in my prime. I'm not doing well. I cannot do this thing that you said you're going to do through me. So like we do here at Grace Life, we like to look at a passage in three ways. We look at the history. What about man? What did he do? Why and how did he do it? Then we'll look at the theology and what about God and what did he do? And then we'll look at the devotional. But let's start with the historical part. First of all, God does make a covenant, a promise with Abraham that all nations will be blessed. He said, Abraham, listen. You are going to have a child, and this child is going to create a way for all nations to be blessed. By the way, it's a direct tie to the Great Commission. Go, therefore, into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Great Commission goes back to the original promise to Abraham, you will bless all nations. And you will bless all nations because you will have a son. And he fulfills this promise of the covenant by giving Sarah a son in her old age. Sarah doesn't think God can use her to have a son because she is worn out. Where were you 20 years ago, God? Why are you coming to this now? You make this promise to my husband, and you know full well that I am not going to be the one to be able to have a kid. As a matter of fact, if you look deeper into the story, there's a part of the story where Sarah was so convinced that she could not have a kid that she said, Abraham, go and have a kid with our handmaiden, Hagar. I mean, talk about a weak link. Not only did she think she could not do it, she thought she had to do it for God. Maybe she felt like, you know what, it is not fair to my husband to have this incredible promise to God and God not be able to keep it because I'm a weak link in his plan. So I will approve this unusual thing, and I will allow my husband to have a child with another woman. Sarah does not believe God can keep his promise because she believes her weakness is bigger than God's grace. My weakness is so profound that there is no way that God can favor us with a child at this point in my life. My weakness is too strong. Not even God can use me. Here's what God does. Grace is the strong link. In his plan. God visits Sarah. He said, in a year, I'm going to visit you. And he did just what he said he would. See, grace comes when God visits weak links. As a matter of fact, grace is on the prowl for weak links all the time. He's looking for some of them right here, right now in this room. And when he intervened and visited The weak link called Sarah. Abraham's son was born. And just so God will remind them, remember how you thought I couldn't do it and you laughed? We're going to remind you every time you call him. Isaac, oh yeah, that's right. I didn't think God could do it. He will be a constant reminder to you about how I used grace to overcome you as a weak link. Abraham is born. God directs him to name him Isaac which means laughter, and it's a reminder. And God keeps his promise in spite of Sarah's deficiencies. This is pretty amazing, right? And, you know, I I always really like to kind of, I know I shouldn't speed through the history and the theology because they're so important, but I always love talking to you guys about this part because this is where my pastor's heart for you comes through. (laughs) I'm here to tell you today that weak links are God's specialty. As a matter of fact, weakness is where grace gets its best bang for the buck. I mean, do you, how many of y'all uh, hate grace? Raise your hand if you hate grace. I can't stand grace. Raise your hand. Exactly. How many of y'all love grace? Isn't grace awesome? Like, what, not even if you get it from God. What if you get it from a friend where you wrong them and they forgive you? Or from an employer? I mean, don't you love, don't you love it every time grace is thrown in your face? Oh yeah? I'm in your face with some great... Oh, 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 wait a minute. That's marketable right there, is it not? In your face with some grace. (laughs) Anna, write that down and let's put that on the Facebook page. (laughs) And make sure you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Far too often we think our deficiencies, our failures, are way too big for God to work in and through our lives, don't we? As a matter of fact, I'd like to present to you this possibility. When you think your sin is so bad that God cannot use you, that is quite arrogant of you, isn't it? Isn't it arrogant? It is arrogant to think that we have something in us that is stronger than grace. Yes, grace is strong, and I know Jesus did a really good thing on the cross, but this is me we're talking about. It's arrogant to think that our flaws are too big for the promises he makes for us in Ephesians, in Philippians, in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke. It's kind of like how Sarah was so arrogant about her weaknesses that she just assumed, I am so bad. My, my, my deficiencies and weaknesses are so bad that not even God could overcome it. As a matter of fact, you know what Paul says? Paul says, you know, instead of arrogantly believing that grace can't overcome our flaws, Paul says we should brag about how bad our flaws are to give credit to grace. Think about that for a minute. I'll show you a verse in just a minute, but it's a strange comfort. For me to know that God's work isn't because of me. But through grace, in spite of me. Through grace, using my deficiencies to his benefit and his glory. Being used by God. Let me make sure you understand something. For those of you that are struggling with guilt and shame and feeling deficient. Being used by God isn't a result of you digging deep, finding some inner strength. That's kind of like that self-help prosperity gospel that a lot of people preach on TV. It's garbage and it's nonsense. Being used by God is not about how good you are. It's about how incredible God's grace is. It isn't by digging deep and finding the core things in you that, well, you know, this is where I know I'm struggling, but if I just take the time to get things right and get things on the right path and make sure that I have this in line and this in line and this in line and I do all these checklists, then God can use me. Wrong. It's not about digging deep It's about, and finding your strengths. It's about digging deep and identifying and embracing, even bragging about your weakness. It's the opposite of what the world says, isn't it? I mean, just how much does God actually work in our weaknesses? The scripture says we can't even pray without him, let alone do his work. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for or how, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You can't even pray Because you are such a weak link, you can't even... By the way, and this kind of... I hope I don't want to get anybody mad. There's a phrase out there called prayer warrior. And I guess it's an assumption there are certain people that have a gift of praying. Which means other people may not have it, I don't know. I would submit this to you. If you're good at praying, it's because you're terrible at praying. You follow what I'm saying? If you're good at praying is because you're terrible at praying because grace has intervened in your weakness and made you somebody who prays. And we should think about that as well. Whenever you have somebody that prays a lot, don't think, oh, they're good at prayer. Hey, that person really sucks at praying. I'm going to get them to pray for me. That's how grace works. It takes our weakness and turns it into God's strength. Look at this passage in 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. This is what Paul says about bragging. But God said to me, Paul wrote, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. Did you know what Paul just said? I'm going to brag about where I'm weak so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness. I am happy to be weak. I am content with weaknesses, insults, Hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, what happens is God gets this glory from your weakness as he fulfills his promise, just like he did for Abraham and Sarah. I love this verse. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 are my favorite verses in the Bible. And here's what he says. If we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And the, the Greek really actually means stumble into, trip over. He didn't prepare good works that if we follow these things and we do this and that right, maybe you'll get a chance to be involved in them. No, the scripture teaches us he creates these works knowing we're weak. And he says, here's a work, Joe, I'm going to put it right in front of you. You have no choice but to trip right into it. And that's why, on a personal level, I'm pretty amazed at what's going on with Grace Life. Because I'm a really weak link. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Crasco back on the video board. So good. Why is it I talk about my sinfulness so much? So much that it makes some of you uncomfortable. It's sort of like how I felt when I discovered all of a sudden, five months ago, that I was this church planter. What? I mean, I had been pretty wounded in church settings, and most people that have been around me at all know that I really stink at church politics. (laughs) Who said that? I'm a flawed pastor. I thought I could never be a lead pastor. And it's painful to me because I do love church people most of the time. (laughs) And then out of nowhere comes this thing called grace life. Like last March or April, some people said, have you ever thought about this? I said, of course not. (laughs) My closest friends, my family, my wife, all of them were skeptical because of my past and because how wounded our family had been and how I had wounded people. And my first thought was, sure, I can start a church, but aren't these people going to fire me in a year anyway? And God used many people over the course of the next few months to show us that God already knew that I was not good at church politics. But he was preparing for us together a good work that we tripped over. And five months later, this is five months today, God is using my weaknesses and my deficiencies, along with yours, each week. And I love bragging to people about how bad a pastor I really am. I do. And I actually am a pretty bad pastor. And I love to brag and say, I don't know what I'm doing. And this is what Grace Life is doing. And you know what? God gave you a good work, too. Because some of you are not very patient with people like me. But yet you tolerate me. Week after week, putting up with a little annoying flaws, being forgiven, being tolerant, and only God could make you tolerant of a guy like me. And here we are, growing together, and as far as I know, I still work here. I think. I think. Okay, good. I do still. Okay. I mean, what do I bring to the table, honestly? Man, I bring a lot to the table that God can use. It's all non-pastor type flaws. (laughs) That's what I bring. I lack social graces and manners. I lack verbal filters, if you know what I mean. (laughs) You do? And ask Megan and Cian, I'm really bad in church meetings. I mean, they give me dirty looks across the table all the time. Joe, that's not the time or the place. That's why we have women on our leadership team, because they'll, the guys think, oh, that was great. And the women, no, that was not great. You can't do that. <laughs> I have tons of weaknesses that I love bragging about that magnify my need for powerful grace in my life. Do you remember our first Lord's Table service? Y'all remember what happened? Yep. First pastor to ever spill the juice all over the stage? <laughs> And somebody told me afterwards, I wish I'd have thought of this. Dylan said, you should have said your cup was running over. I said, I should have. That would have been awesome. Because at first I said, I did it on purpose. And y'all thought for a second, wow, that was really a good illustration. It wasn't on purpose. I totally blew it. (laughs) And I'm just going to tell you, just as your pastor, every Sunday when I pack up and leave, I just shake my head. I can't believe you guys showed up again. That's what I was thinking. I'm not kidding. We love you, Joe. Well, I love you too. But it's so humbling. It's so humbling because I know how bad I am at this. I mean, yeah, I can get up and talk, but there's a lot more to being a shepherd than that. And oftentimes I just laugh at how God keeps working. Maybe we should call Grace Life Isaac. I don't know. So with that being said, the reason I wanted to spend some time on how I view my role at Grace Life, I really want you to understand that I have a hard time figuring out how this keeps working. I I mean, I mean that. And so for that reason, I want to say this. Whatever you think is your weak link, that means God can't use you, Whatever it is you think, right now in your life, maybe you're struggling with some old habits, and maybe you're struggling with your marriage, or maybe you're struggling at your job, or maybe you're struggling with a certain sinful place in your life, or maybe you haven't been a Christian long enough, maybe you don't know anything about the Bible. Whatever whatever your weakness is, whatever it is, whatever you think your weakness is that means God can't use you, here's what I have to tell you. You are wrong. You're 100% wrong. In fact, it is that very weakness that you should embrace and boast and brag about that manifests just how strong God's grace is in your life. It represents our helpless state outside of God's grace and makes what God doing with you and through you and us even more amazing. This is reality, my friends, right here. When you know that you are finally starting to truly understand what grace is and what the grace life is. You ready? We always think about grace as about forgiveness of sin, right? Oh, by grace I'm forgiven. It's worth so much more than just forgiveness. Forgiveness is just like the front tire in the car of grace. It's also about how grace takes you who needed forgiveness and uses you in the lives of others in spite of your flaws. Some of you, are in this room right now part of a brand new church because of other people who are weak links that aren't even here today because they're struggling and you know who you are and you are here you're part of our church family you're growing god has saved you god has transformed you and the people that god used are really struggling and not even here that's what weak links are they are people used by god in amazing ridiculous ways And once you're able to learn what it means to boast about your weaknesses in a way that points to grace, it's not like, I am a really good sinner. I'm better than you ever be. That's not it. That's not it. Here it is. Ready? I am such an incredibly weak link that loves what grace is doing in my life and through my life. Once you start learning to be able to boast about your weaknesses, in a way that points to grace, you've started to get what we call the grace life. And you're starting to learn what it's all about. And so, as fellow weak links today, right? Don't ever venerate any of us as better than you or anyone else, because we're not. We're all weak links, basking in God's grace. So as fellow weak links today, we're going to celebrate the grace that makes us strong through the Lord's table. In a minute, we did this last time, and I'm just going to remind you how we did it. I really liked how this worked. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to ask you guys to serve each other. You'll see the little um, communion kits on the table. Uh, you'll take the kit, and you'll, find, you'll partner up, and you'll find a person, or you can do it as two or three people. I don't care how you do that. And uh, you'll take about two minutes for this, and if you get done quickly, feel free to let the room Have some conversation like we have out there on Sunday mornings from 10 to 10.30. It's just kind of voices talking and sharing. We're going to fellowship together as we participate. And when you do this, you know what? We're going to assume if you participate in the Lord's table with us today, here's what you're saying. Here's what you're saying. I identify today with being a weak link. Trusting in God's grace. I mean, because if you don't really trust in grace, there's no reason necessarily to participate but if you say, you know what, I'm a weak link, and I want God's grace, that's what this table represents today. So that's how we're going to do it. You'll see the little things. If those of you that were here before, if somebody's not sure how they work, show them. There's two little little things on there. There's the top one you pull out, the little wafer, and then there's the juice after that. So it's very complicated, I know. So, <laughs> all right. But with that being said, what will happen is when you serve each other, you'll say these things. You'll talk to the person, and you'll say, this is a reminder of the work of Jesus on the cross, and you'll serve the the wafer and the juice, and at the end, after you've served it, you'll say, I'm thankful that the cross has made you part of my life. Then the next person next to you will do it, okay? So with that being said, I'm going to move this over without spilling it. Whoa, whoa. All right. And I'm going to read from Matthew 26, 26 to 29. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, take this and eat, it's a picture of my body, which was broken for you. Then he took the cup, this is the part where I messed up last time, so you guys want to back up a little bit, so there's a splash. (laughs) He took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is a symbol of the blood that I shed for the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let me pray. Heavenly Dad, we're so thankful for the fact that as weak links, you inundate us with grace. Not only do you forgive us, You transform us, and you use us even in the midst of being weak. You use us. Lord, when we think of the Lord's table and the picture of the cross and the blood that you shed and the body that was broken, help us learn what it means to brag about weakness so it points to grace. There's such comfort to know that you don't work because of us, that you always work in spite of us. Now, as we serve one another and we fellowship with one another, as we enjoy the dull roar in the room of our conversation and discussion, may everything we do bring a massive, massive smile to your face. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, celebrate God's grace together with the Lord's table. I'll be right.